Worried Writer, helping you to overcome fear, self-doubt and procrastination to get the work done. I'm your host, Sarah Painter, and I'm a novelist and self-confessed worried writer. For show notes, resources and much more, please head to worriedwriter.com. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to episode 59 of The Worried Writer. I'm recording this early so that I can take some time off over the Christmas holiday. So I hope you'll forgive me if you can hear some low December energy in my voice. It's very nearly the winter solstice as I record this and, appropriately enough, it's pretty dark and grey outside. Also, as I'm recording this early, I will have to catch up on my patron shout-out next month. However, as always, a huge thank you to everyone supporting me on Patreon. It means so much to me that you are willing to support the show in this way, and it really lets me know that you value the show. Thank you. I do have a couple of special thank yous to add to Terry Thomas and Jill Ackroyd for raising their pledges. Thank you so much. If you are interested in supporting the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash worried writer. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash worried writer. And you can support the show for as little as $1 a month. For $2 or more per month, you also get the monthly exclusive audio extras and instant access to the entire backlist of 22 extras. Also, I think it's really important to say that you are under no obligation to continue supporting me if you start. You can cancel any time. People drop in and out of their patronage, and I completely understand that. Our finances and priorities change all the time, so please don't worry that you'll be signing up in perpetuity and that you can never stop. On to a quick writing update. The month isn't over, and like many folk, I've been rushing around shopping and organising for Christmas, as well as getting the audio extra up and trying to finish my next non-fiction book. This time of year is always one where I just want to hibernate, and I'm certainly feeling the after-effects of a busy year. As of this morning, though, I have finished the first draft of my next non-fiction book, so that feels great. And recording and scheduling this podcast is my last official work task before the holiday. However, this show is going out on the 1st of January 2020. So, Happy New Year! In this episode, I'm going to share my plans and goals for the year ahead. I do hope you find it interesting and useful. It's no exaggeration to say that everything I have achieved started with setting a concrete goal, breaking down that goal into manageable and logical steps, and then working my way through the steps despite fear, self-doubt, imposter syndrome and distraction. If there are big or scary or exciting things that you want to do this year, I cannot recommend setting goals highly enough. A quick recap on what makes a good goal. A goal differs from a dream by being concrete and clearly defined. So here's an example of a dream. I want to get fit. Here's the same idea reframed as a goal. I want to reduce my body fat percentage by 3% and walk 10,000 steps six days a week. And here's a writing one. I want to publish a successful book next year. 
That's a dream. Rewritten as a goal, it could be, I want to publish a novel and sell 5,000 copies. To make goals even more effective, you should attach a timescale or deadline. And I also particularly like specifying two um, measurements. So, for example, there's the act of publishing the novel and then the measurement of exactly how many copies you're aiming to sell to consider it a success. Or in the example of the fitness, it's two different measurements of it. One is a kind of goal that you then achieve and and then it's done, a sort of the novel is finished or the body fat percentage is reduced to that specified amount and it's a sort of done and done. And then the other one is a more ongoing one that walk 10,000 steps six days a week. So a writing one could also be, I want to finish a novel Um, But then the ongoing sort of goal could be, I want to write 500 words every single workday. So on to my goals for 2020. Uh, As always, I split these off into different headings. So the first one is writing. So my writing goals in 2020 are to write books four and five of the Crow Investigation series. I also want to finish my next standalone book. Um, I lost my way with this when the tone changed from sort of fantastical to more gothic, but I still love the idea and lots of what I've written, so I really want to finish it. I've also written down, finish my non-fiction selling marketing branding book. As I said, I have just finished the first draft of that, so um, the goal this year will be to rewrite the book, do the second draft, um, second and final draft, uh, and the editing and so on. Okay, publishing goals. My publishing goals of this year have two main branches. One is to continue with releasing new books, and the other is to work on being a better publisher. This means spending time working on the business, not just in the day-to-day. So to spend more time on launch strategies, marketing and branding. I want to work on advertising and work out how to scale up the small amount of ads I'm currently running. And it also involves making the most of the intellectual property I already have. And that will include making sure that my books are available in as many different formats as possible and that their availability in libraries and physical bookshops is better. I am also going to be working with my agent to hopefully sell foreign rights for the Crow series. Audio rights for the first three books in the Crow Investigation series have already been picked up by Quest in the UK, so I know that licensing subsidiary rights for an indie published series is definitely possible. I'm not sure what uh, selling foreign rights will involve, or if it's possible, of course it's not. The actual sales are not in my control, but the goal of working with my agent and doing everything that I can to support her in selling and getting those foreign rights deals is. So that's why it's on my goal list. But I will keep you posted along the way. And if there is anything useful I can share, I will share it. So here is my goal list for the publishing section. It includes only the things I have direct control over, so not my hopes for my next standalone novel. I am hoping that my agent will like it and that it will go on submission to publishers. 
While I love running Siskin Press and want to make smart business decisions, I'm also keen to remain hybrid, as I think there are certain opportunities which traditional publishing offers, and I'm not ready to put all my eggs in one basket. Having said that, I'm going to be very fussy about the sort of deal I will accept. I turned down a deal for the Lost Girls as I didn't feel it offered enough that I couldn't do for myself. And it feels absolutely amazing to be this empowered and to have choices. So my list for publishing in 2020 is a non-fiction book in March, Crow Book 4 in May, Crow Book 5 in November, Omnibus edition of the first three Crow books, workbook and large print edition of Stop Worrying, Start Writing, print and large print version of The Secrets of Ghosts, uh, audio of The Fox's Curse, the rights have been licensed, audio of the Crow books four and five, either license them or do them myself, and to send my standalone book to my agent for her feedback and possible submission. Now, as I say, I don't see publishing as an either-or choice. I'm just really grateful to have the opportunity to choose the best path for each book. The next section is operational. Learning how to work with my husband. Now, we've actually worked on a company um, at home together before, so I'm not in the slightest bit worried, but it will involve working out uh, planning and information sharing strategies. Uh, My husband's actually been working on Siskin Press one day a week all this year, last year now, as you listen to this. Um, So we have also had um, a wee bit of practice at working on Siskin Press together. Uh, We tried a shared whiteboard in the office, but we both kept forgetting to look at it. So next we're going to experiment with project management software such as Asana. I think it will be easier to get into a rhythm now that he is full-time and not just working on a Monday sorry, working with me on a Monday. I'm also really keen to make sure that he gets tasks and projects that he enjoys and are challenging and interesting. Again, I will keep you posted if there are any sort of lessons learned or useful tips for working with a spouse or with a partner. Um, I will share them as we go along. The next section is titled Community. So under this, my goals are to continue the Worried Writer podcast and the patron-only Audio Extra monthly, attend the self-publishing show uh, conference in March, and the 20 Books conference in Vegas in November, and possibly some other events as well. I also want to continue writing in a cafe with author friends and to do at least one writing retreat because those were things that I put on my 2019 roundup as being enjoyable and really good for me and also great for productivity. The last category is health and happiness. My walking improved in 2019 after grief completely wiped me out, but it's still not back to my pre-grief levels. I want to continue to work on this so that I'm walking three or four miles every single day. As always, I think I've been putting this on my goal list for years now, uh, yoga yoga or Pilates uh, stretching type exercises. Um, I am putting a goal of three sessions a week. I will probably do these um, using the videos Yoga with Adrian on YouTube. She's a fabby. 
Also on the list is to continue playing badminton, uh, which I usually do once a week, but sometimes I miss that because I am on a deadline or um, the writing's going really well and so I just want to continue and I'm going to make an extra special effort to make sure that I prioritise it even above uh, writing and work because exercise and um, family time has to come above. Related to that, I've also got on my list time off and time out, especially with my husband joining the business full time. It is going to be really, really important that we keep to a schedule and we have we keep time off as time off. Otherwise, we will end up working 24-7 and all of the lines between work and family time and couple time will be blurred. I mean, they'll get blurred anyway. Uh, As I say, we've got experience of this before, um, so I'm not especially worried, but I am aware that it's something that you do need to account for. You do need to schedule time and you do have to be mindful um, that you're not letting work creep into every single area of your life. Um, And I am a bit of a workaholic, so that's really important that I make sure I take time out as well. Finally on this list is artist dates. Yep, I have failed on this again um, in 2019, but I'm going to add it to the list for this year. I do know the secret and that's to book them into the diary. So rather than saying I'm going to do that, I should actually do that. I will report back. So that is my goal list for 2020. I make a goal list like that and then I break it up into quarters and And then my first quarter, when I get around to doing that, will be packed and and really detailed with much more of the nitty gritty of the tasks and things that have to be done in order to achieve each of the things I want to do in that quarter. Um, And so each quarter, I kind of replan, if you like, on a rolling basis. I also like to do a six month kind of check. How am I doing? Um, How am I getting on with my, my sort of annual goals? And I I'm saying all this just to let you know that if you're not quite feeling it in terms of making goals for the year, then don't fret about it. Write down what you can and then just plan the first quarter. Think about the next three months. What can you do? What would you like to do? Um, Because sometimes it's easier to sort of look in a three-month chunk. It's it's less overwhelming. It's more manageable and it's more immediate. Uh, You know how you feel right now, whereas sometimes when you're writing goals for a year, it can feel... It can feel a wee bit artificial because part of you might think, well, I don't know if I want to do that for a whole year or I don't know how I'm going to be feeling after, you know, this big event that's happening in June or whatever. So that would be my advice if you are feeling a wee bit um, uncertain or overwhelmed at this time. Don't worry about a year. Look at the first quarter. And if that's too much, plan the next month. Just before I finish today, I want to have a quick word as well about measuring success. It's so important when we're talking about goal setting and planning and productivity, it's so important to know what you consider success because goals are great for getting stuff done, but they're not a recipe for a happy life. What I mean is if you are continually chasing 
goals, taking things off a list, always deferring almost your pleasure um, until you have completed your goals, achieved achieved these things. Um, it can it can be a little bit tricksy. It can lead to you feeling generally not happy or dissatisfied. Um, I think it's really important to know what you consider success because otherwise you'll always be chasing an elusive idea and never knowing when you've achieved it. And related to the whole um, enjoying the journey type thing, it's really important to celebrate the success and lots of little successes along the way. And to remember that, although I know it's a bit of a cliche, uh, the journey really is the important part, by which I mean the day-to-day is the important part. So you might not be there yet. You might not have the flexibility in your life to completely control your schedule and to create or live the life, the day-to-day life that you most want right now. But it's certainly something you can aim for. And in the meantime, you can notice and celebrate and be grateful for the bits in your day-to-day at the moment, which really feed your soul and make you happy. Now, I say this because I'm terrible at this and I'm trying to get better. Setting out really clear definitions for success really helped and recognising my tendency to move on immediately from any achievement or to consider it not that good or important because I did it. By definition, if I managed it, it can't be that great. I know, I have problems. So a case in point is the achievement of hiring my husband from his job. It was the huge goal in my list. It was the marker of ultimate success. It was the why behind my biggest, most scary and exciting financial goals. And then I achieved it. And within minutes, I was moving on to the next goal. Or more accurately, I was panicking about keeping things at this level and wondering what level I ought to aim for next. I was chatting to a friend and she asked what we were doing to celebrate. And I said, um, now she knows me really well. So she made me promise that we would go out for a meal or open a bottle of fizz or something to mark the occasion. And I'm very happy to report that we did. And it was lovely. So something else I've done for this year is to set different levels of income goals. Obviously, Siskin Press is now the sole provider for our household, and with that comes a dose of fear. It also puts income in the essential bracket rather than the nice to have. I have set a minimum goal, which is what we need to live on, and I have this as a yearly amount, and I've worked it out as a monthly figure too, so that I can see if we're on track. Another great thing about being indie is seeing exactly what money is coming in in two months' time, as Amazon sales figures are updated daily and they pay two months in arrears. There is also a great royalties estimator in the dashboard, so I can check to see the money that is due really quickly and easily. This means that we will be able to see a financial problem coming so that we can take uh, action to mitigate it. Next, I've set an income goal, which is my success goal, if you like. This is about double the minimum, so it's pretty ambitious and exciting. And then, because I'm a classic type A personality and like to test myself and continually reach, I've set a third stretch goal. Now, this is a wildly exciting figure, but one I know is theoretically possible. There are certainly plenty of indie authors earning this amount. 
Now, money goals are something that motivate me, not because I'm especially materialistic, I don't think, or because my lifestyle requires a high income. We live in a very small house, run one ancient car, and have modest needs and tastes. But because money represents success to me, and because it means security and freedom, those last two values are extremely important to me. Now, you may well have a different key motivator, and I urge you to work out what that is, and then to quantify it and use it when setting your goals. Be honest with yourself and write down what you truly desire, and the real, true reasons behind that desire. Honestly, it makes a big difference. Another exercise which can be helpful is to think about the life that you want. And again, not in terms of owning a particular item or having an external measure of success like, I want a film option for one of my books, but in the sense of, what does my successful life look like day to day? Really imagine it. Where do you live? And what time do you get up? And what do you spend your day doing? And how does your week look? And your year? Do you travel lots or work in a co-working office space with other creative types? Or in an office in your garden or in bed? Do you spend your money very carefully and frugally so that you are always saving for the lean times and you aren't under much financial pressure to produce books? Or do you want a life with the thrill of essential deadlines and a production schedule of six books a year? None of the answers are wrong, but you must be honest with yourself about the sort of life and working life and business model you actually want. Don't push forward just for the sake of it. I guess that's what I'm saying to myself as well as to you. I would love to hear your goals for 2020. I'll put mine into a blog post on the Worried Writer site, as I do every year, and that's worriedwriter.com. Please feel free to swing by and share your goals in the comments section if you would like some accountability. I find it so encouraging to know that we're all thinking about the same sorts of things and working on our writing and publishing goals. It is a niche industry that we work in and not something that most of our friends and family will really get or have much experience of, and it can feel lonely or even a bit surreal. So it's really great to belong to a community like this. Thank you so much for listening, and I wish you all the very best for your year ahead. Onwards, and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening today. For show notes and links, head to worriedwriter.com. If you'd like to connect, find me on Twitter at Sarah R. Painter, or use the hashtag worriedwriter. See you next time.